Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Bleed Podcast Network. It's sponsored always by always by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, use promo code Bleed B L E A V for twenty for to match your initial deposit up to fifty percent. That's the perfect time to do this right now during the playoffs. There's only a couple teams left in the NFL. You can make some money, make some easy bets. Remember, promo code Bleed B L E A V. Own match your initial deposit up to 50%. Also sponsored by BetterHelp co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Crass. And I do apologize to everybody for the delay in our content. I was helping my mother make a very big move to South Carolina for Florida. It, it was took up a lot of my time. And I know Ed and I have differing schedules, so it's always hard to get in sync. But we're not going anywhere. We're here to stay. We're always going to bring you some podcast content about the Philadelphia Eagles. And now that we're back in the motion, let's get started. Ed, let's just hit the biggest topic of them all. I think you had some very interesting point of views in your articles for SI.com about the return of Nick Sirianni and keeping Nick Sirianni even before it was pretty officially announced or it was known by the Eagles that that was the plan and the intent all along was to keep Nick Sirianni in place. What is your thoughts now that it's official that he is back? Was this the correct move in your opinion? Well, I, you know, I did kind of support Sirianni returning, but I, I'll say that, um, man, he's coming back as I don't know what he's coming back as. As a head coach, you know, he's going to be a head coach, but what's he going to do exactly? Um, it's hard to believe that Jeffrey Lurie would bring him back and have him not run the offense, not run the defense, just kind of be what we made fun of Jason Garrett for doing when he coached the Cowboys is just kind of a hand clapper on the sidelines. But I think he'll do more. I mean, he even talked about it in his press conference that he'll, you know, still try to mesh some of his ideas with the new offensive coordinator's ideas because some of the stuff he did, did work. Um, So, you know, I think there'll be a collaboration, but is it going to be Nick's call when it's fourth and two? I mean, who's going to make that decision? I mean, is that Nick, uh, the analytics, or is that going to be the new OC? Um, We we don't know how this is all going to work. We just had the one press conference. Nick was very somber, certainly appears to have been humbled by this whole thing. And, and and frankly, that's kind of why it's one of the reasons I I think they probably needed to bring him back is I just think you have to give him a chance to grow. Uh, They hired him as a 39 year old coach had never been a head coach before only an offensive coordinator. And he's gotten to the playoffs three straight years. Now that's pretty good. And, you know, at some point you have to look at the personnel. I mean, look at look at this defense this past year. You didn't have any linebackers, really. Your James Bradbury got old before our eyes. He was benched in Tampa Bay. You know, and that's on Howie. You know, Howie has to do, uh, you know, his job and put better people in place on defense. When it comes out that T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White weren't even approached about a contract, uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's on Howie. 
Um, but he has the get out of jail free card for as long as he's here. So he's not going anywhere. Um, but, you know, I think it's more than just Nick. The, the problems they had were more than just Sirianni. And, you know, I think Lori and maybe Howie saw that. Uh, and and they also saw a coach who had taken him to the playoffs three years, took him to the Super Bowl, you know, the year before. How would that look in the NFL when you're going in search of your fourth head coach in 11 years? Um, not good. You know, then you're the Carolina Panthers or whoever else recycles coaches. You know, there's something to be said for continuity. I think I've mentioned that here before. And that's what the Eagles want to try to achieve here. And if Nick learns lessons from this, um, maybe comes back better because of it, then, you know, maybe this team will have success again next year and maybe go back to the Super Bowl. Um, he's been there. He knows what it takes. I think he's put a pretty good culture in place in the building. Now, you know, it certainly didn't help coming down the stretch, obviously, two months Never got it fixed. The culture kind of went down the tubes a little bit, um, you know, and that's concerning. But I just think it's it's a bad look if you get rid of a coach coming off a Super Bowl. I know it's been done. I think John Fox was fired after taking the Broncos there to the Super Bowl. He got canned. Um, but, you know, that there's kind of an exception to every rule. And you hate to see a franchise like this one who had Andy Reid at the helm for 14 years. Now all of a sudden you're recycling coaches, bringing coaches in every couple of years. Eventually the coaches you want aren't probably going to, you know, accept your offer if there's an, a better offer out there on the table to go somewhere else. So I think it made sense to bring him back, even though maybe a lot of people don't think that, but again, saying that we don't know what his job's going to be. I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe it's going to be a complete disaster because he has no, what's his role? I mean, he has to define his role as we go forward here. And maybe, you know, out in Indianapolis at the Combine, when we get a chance to talk to Nick and Howie, they'll probably take us out to lunch like they do every uh, Combine. And, you know, maybe we'll get some more information then. I would be shocked if we didn't. They like to talk to us off the record at those things. So, um, you know, we could learn more as we go forward. But right now, a lot of people aren't happy. I understand it. You're probably not happy. But, I kind of get it. I, I get the reasons why. And so do I. I understand completely from the logic standpoint of the reasons you're stating. You're correct in everything that you're stating, too. But there's also a chance you're delaying the inevitable, setting right. your franchise back another year, and then going through the same thing where coaches are still feeling the same way because you're still cycling through these head coaches since Andy Reid. No so doubt. There's, there's, that, there's enough risk in that reward as well. Uh I think the main reason why the Eagles are okay with taking this risk, though, is because Nick's willingness to step back and the leadership that he has shown and the culture he has brought into this team. But, I mean, I have not – every time you see a team quit on a coach like that, it's over. It's over. You're not coming back from that. Yeah. Now, I guess the – I think the way that I can only see it is Fletcher Cox stepping up for him in the locker room and, you know, nobody on this team is talking as if – the head coach needs to be replaced. Well, right. that is nobody on the offensive side other than Jason Kelsey, who's yeah, I clearly on the way out. So well, we'll see. Jordan Milata. Really Jordan Milata, yeah, too. That's true. Yeah, did. And I asked him, do you think people believe the same thing you do? And he said, I can speak for the offensive line. Yeah, we all want Sirianni back. He goes, how does the defensive line feel? He goes, I can't speak for them. I don't know. Um, which to me maybe speaks to a little rift inside that locker room. Um you know, but yeah, I think I think for the most part, the players want him back. Now, A.J. Brown didn't talk to us after the season ended. He bolted out of the locker room, declined to talk. Uh, Devontae Smith didn't talk. 
Jalen Carter didn't talk. I mean, there's a lot of guys that didn't want to talk. So you wonder if they're the ones that wouldn't support bringing uh, Nick Sirianni back. Um, yeah, but he's going to have to figure that out. He's going to have to sell his team on what he's doing and what these new coordinators are going to be doing. That's just it. You're selling your team on, I'm going to step back and you guys aren't going to deal with my schematic bullshit anymore. And Vic Vangio is going to come in the guy who's created this scheme that I, I swore up and down by, who's been the whole you know, long-term success in the NFL. He has the Jim Swartz pedigree that we really needed on this staff on the defensive side. He's going to come in and be the teacher here. And the offensive guy we lean on is going to bring in a whole new offensive system and hopefully fix the, the frustrations that were shown on the sidelines by multiple wide receivers and Jalen Hurts himself. That's yeah, it's not that easy. I don't think people understand that. that this is not that easy of a thing. This is a potential one-and-done staff that comes in here. And that's why you wonder, um, you know, already Fangio is going to be the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure I, how I feel about that hire. Um, you know, he has this scheme that he plays that, you know, the NFL has pretty much figured out, I think. Thank you. I, You know, I'm surprised um, you feel that way because a lot of people yeah. are – I want the guy who created the scheme at least, which, yeah. look, his track record speaks for itself. But I'm with you. I think it's been figured out. Yeah. And listen, the guy, you know, when you get in his doghouse, it's hard to get out of his doghouse. We saw it with Cam Smith, the rookie down in Miami this year. I mean, you know, we saw it with their pass rusher, Aguba, Aguba or whatever his name is. I don't know. He had five sacks, but he rarely played. So, you know, Fangio, if you're in his doghouse and you're not playing disciplined football, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, you know, some of these players need a good kick in the rear end uh, and need to be held a little bit more accountable for their play. And, you know, Fangio will probably do that because, look, James Bradbury, he should have been benched well before the first quarter in Tampa Bay. I mean, let's face it, you know, good guy, but he was done. He had a terrible year and they just kept running him out there. And, you know, meanwhile, you have these young guys that, OK, they're not perfect, but, you know, let's run them out there and let them develop in a game situation, in meaningful football games. But they didn't do it. So you wonder if Fangio will be given free reign. That if he sees players that he feels aren't playing up to their ability, he's going to park them on the bench. And that's not, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I just wonder about his scheme. Yeah. I hope other teams in this league haven't quite figured it out yet, but I'm afraid maybe some have. You know, I saw, I think someone compared it. Maybe it was, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but something about an iPhone. You know, you're always upgrading iPhones because the other ones are, are worn out. You know, you hope the Eagles aren't getting, you know, the i9 and, not upgrading to the i14 or whatever the latest uh, configuration of the iPhones are. So that's my concern. We'll see how it goes. It's still very early. The Eagles haven't officially announced it. Um, but so, I'll tell you this. He brings some some cachet to the room. I mean, they're getting interviews for position coaches with Mike Caldwell, interviewing yeah. for the linebacker job. I love that. Joe Barry. Yeah. Joe Barry, Joe too, Barry. experienced defensive coordinator. Yeah. So, you know, he brings, you know, some – a wealth of, you know, personal contacts that would come work for him. And that can't be a bad thing. Well, let's just be honest. He would have been the defensive coordinator for the Eagles if John Gannon and then weren't in a guessing game to end the Super Bowl. They would have hired him. So I feel like that the comfort level was already there. That they That's the guy they wanted. And if they had saw the opportunity to get the guy they wanted, they went after him. And truthfully, I think that's exactly why they brought him in is because of the I'm going to hold players accountable uh, standard because that standard needs to be met on defense. And it's not there. No, that defense, no. soft, 
Pop Warner teams tackled better than them. Yeah. It needs it, it needs a disciplinarian guy. Yeah. And I would hope Angio will be that guy. Yeah. And maybe they bring Mike Caldwell in to say, hey, you know, Avengers getting long in the tooth anyway, so he's going to need to bring in an eventual replacement. Why don't you learn underneath him in the meantime and we'll promote your job? Something like that. I don't know. That's 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 a yeah, long that's way down the road. Way down the road. Yeah, right. way down the road. That's but, why I think if you're looking at Sirianni and you're, you know, you're this young upcoming coach who wants to be a head coach, like maybe Gerard Johnson, the quarterback coach in Houston, who the Eagles talked to about their offensive coordinator job. If you're that guy, you're, you're saying to yourself, OK, I know there's only 32 OC jobs out there. So that's an that's a plus. But a minus is, is what happens if Sirianni. Because clearly he's going to start next year on the hot seat right out of the gate. You're going to start seeing odds come out. First coach to be fired. Sirianni's probably going to be at the top of that list or at least in the top three. So if you're Jared Johnson or some other young coach who has designs on being a head coach, why are you going to hitch your star to that? You know, because you know that you could be one and done. Um, and you know that could harm your reputation. Look at uh, what's his name? Kellen Moore. Pretty good years in in Dallas. He goes to the Chargers and they do terribly. They fire that guy, you know, Brandon Staley. So now what's what's happening with him? I mean, I know the Eagles brought him in, but this was a guy who had head coaching interviews last year after four years in Dallas. So you don't want to be that guy where you kind of have to explain what went wrong all of a sudden. So if you're Jared Johnson and you go to Philly and it goes wrong, you're going to have to say, you're going to have to answer that question. Like, why did it go wrong? Well, then you better have a good reason. Um, so that to me is a concern. And that's why Fangio makes sense. He's 65. He's been a head coach. He failed as a head coach. Um, six, you know, he's not going to probably be another uh, head coach again. So he doesn't care. I mean, if Sirianni gets canned, he might be the interim guy. But, you know, he doesn't care what happens. You know, he's 65. He's probably on his way out. He's back home. Yeah. So that's what I worry about with the offensive coordinator is you want these fresh ideas. And I think you need a guy that has done the play calling, maybe like Eric Bieniemy. I know he's getting some traction. I don't know if he's scheduled to be interviewed. But uh, maybe somebody know. like that. But he's a guy that's had – you know, he should have been a head coach a couple of years ago. Right. But he's never gotten that opportunity. So maybe he's given up on that and he would hitch a star to Sirianni because the upside is, hey, if Sirianni does figure it out, what his role is, you know, maybe the enemy becomes a head coach. It would be his third different team. He's definitely calling plays. That's a huge attraction to a new guy coming in. Um, so, you know, maybe somebody like that makes a little bit of sense. But it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, just ha who comes in to take that job. You know, I used to have that concern. I had that initial concern starting out of the gate that an offensive coordinator would want to, or a young upcoming star would want to hitch themselves to the failing potential wagon that, or the sinking ship that could be the Eagles right now and their coaching staff. But right. I think Brian Johnson and the league, how they're viewing him right now, just squash that concern for me. Because clearly the league does not view Brian Johnson as how emotional Eagles fans and everybody else does. They clearly see that he was stuck in the confines of Nick Sirianni's system and couldn't be himself. He's interviewed right. with three teams already for offense career jobs. And he's interviewed two for head coaching positions with the Falcons and Panthers. So clearly the league sees something in Brian Johnson that we're all missing that, quite frankly, the Eagles didn't see themselves. Well, Sirianni was just so stubborn. And that's another thing, you know, his yeah. stubbornness, you know, these first few years he's been here has been hard to overcome, hard to overlook. You know, his immaturity, you know, the way he barks at opposing teams, fans. 
you know, you hope that he he learns from this and becomes a better head coach for it. Um, and that's what I think Lori is kind of rolling the dice on. And yeah, like you said, it's a risk. You could, you know, you're risking costing yourself a year. You're setting yourself back. You know, you, you only have a finite amount of time to win. Jalen Hurts will be 26. If you cost him this year and then he's 27, you're going to be losing players. So I just think they're rolling the dice and hoping that he figures it out and he's not as stubborn and he thinks, you know, okay, I can incorporate some ideas here. I can listen and get on board with some of these other ideas that these assistants are preaching. Well, for the offensive coordinator search, they clearly have Jalen Hurts as a passer in mind. Uh, if you notice, mm-hmm. I mean, Kellen Moore, his work with Dak, regardless of how you feel about it, uh, I know he's he's been known to abandon the run, and that's why people really don't want him. And I don't really blame him for the Chargers' shortcomings this year. He joined himself to a failing staff like he could yeah. potentially be doing in Philadelphia. And, you right. know, the Chargers were still ninth in passing. So uh, they they did the the job that Kellen Moore is, you know, done as a quarterback in this league, as a quarterback coach and a quarterback himself in, in uh, the Boise State and the Cowboys. He knows how to handle the passing attack. I think that's what the Eagles are focusing on, too. And people are looking way too much in the Cliff Kingsbury interview, more so than the big picture. The big picture is, guess who Cliff Kingsbury worked with last year, Ed? Uh, uh, where was he? He was with uh, he was USC. With oh, USC, right. Caleb Williams. But he worked with, who was the coach of USC? Lincoln Riley. Who was the quarterback for the Eagles? Who did he last play for in college? Um, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, yeah. That's yeah. the point. They're trying to get to somebody that can make Jalen Hurts feel as comfortable as he possibly can when it comes to passing the football. Because Kellen Moore made Dak feel incredibly comfortable and had great years. They were the number one scoring offense in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know Kellen Moore knows what to do when it comes to an aerial attack. And Cliff Kingsbury is on his great friends with Lincoln Riley, who guess who else is his great friend? Howie Roseman. Yeah. He drafted the quarterback that he really liked that Lincoln Riley coached up and made him a great passer and Jalen Hurts himself. So yep. there's a there's a pattern there already starting to form, and that's that's where they're going to go from the offensive coordinator side. They're going to find somebody that can make Jalen Hurts, from a passing standpoint, have the easiest job he possibly can in front of him. Because all the Eagles did this year when he led the, when he had so many turnovers was make the job harder. Yeah, that's what that's what the coaching staff did. They didn't help him; they made it harder on him especially with the empty sets. Every time they had an empty set in the backfield, Ed, I could tell you what they were doing. They were going to do a quarterback sneak or they're going to throw a go route. Yeah. If we could tell that from, from as fans from the couch, mm. what is stopping Todd Bowles and all these defensive coordinators that you passed the last seven weeks of doing the same thing? Yeah. So, again, I I see some people play Jalen Hurts. I see some people come for his leadership. And I see where the Eagles are going with the offensive coordinator search so far. I'm thinking to myself, Thank God they see the big picture here. Let's make it easier for Jalen Hurts from a passing standpoint in the passing offense. Now, I know Cliff Kingsbury and his tenure with the Cardinals didn't use motion much. That's what all the Eagles fans are worried about is, oh, we'll see no no more motion again. But again, the big picture here is they're trying to find somebody that can make Jalen Hurts' job easier, and they're looking at people that have been in backgrounds that have made the quarterback's jobs easier and that's the only reason what they're doing. So I, I like how the offensive coordinator job is, search is going so far. I think it's going to be a very vast and expanded search, though. I don't think it's going to be as simple as – I mean, I don't, I don't know if you remember, Ed. Uh, there, was a time, there was a time where the Eagles had this with Doug Peterson. Uh, it was in 2019. They fired Mike Rowe, and they said yeah, they, well, that wasn't working. Mike Rowe is pretty much Brian Johnson all over again, if you, if you really think about it. Or vice versa. Brian Johnson's Mike Rowe all over again. 
they said, we're going to bring in an innovative guy and make Carson's job easier. So we're going to talk to a guy like Graham Harrell at USC, the offensive coordinator at the time. Mm -hmm. Doug's like, I'm not giving him a play call. It's not happening. Yeah. So Graham said, I'm not going to go to a job where I'm not calling plays. That's not happening either. Right. So then they had to settle on that collaborative effort with Press Taylor and Jim Bob Cooter and all this stuff that Mm -hmm. I know I know Jim Bob Cooter has been mentioned as a potential target already, but I've only seen him be mentioned as a target. I have not seen an interview happen whatsoever. So take that right. as what you will. But that that collaborative effort failed miserably and Doug got fired because of it. Now Nick's saying I'm gonna give a play calling. I'm gonna let the guy bring in his own scheme. This is gonna be very long search. This is gonna be very drawn out. This is gonna they're gonna talk to uh, I would be surprised if they talked to less than 14 candidates offensive coordinator just to be truthful with you and i mm -hmm. think draw johnson's a great start too and i know everybody's thinking you know he hasn't called plays before this is brian johnson all over again but that's just being simple-minded because if you look at what he's done as a he, former undrafted free agent quarterback i know brian johnson played quarterback as well but he was on the eagles as undrafted free agent draw johnson surprisingly he was cut he's a you know training camp cut but he grew into the kyle shanahan coaching tree and then he followed the kyle shanahan coaching tree to houston with bobby Sloyd. And what did they just do? They just had incredible seasons back-to-back -back with Brock Purdy, a seventh-round rookie. And then they go take a first-round rookie, and they have another incredible season with him as well in Houston. So why wouldn't you want to talk to that? Yeah. I would love to talk to that as an offensive coordinator. So, again, you know, open your minds up a little bit. Yeah. I, I like the approach that they're doing because what did what do the 49ers do and what do what did Houston do this year successfully? They made the, the quarterback's job easier and they made him comfortable. Yeah. Especially when they were so young and inexperienced coming into the to the league, so that's the route they're going with it, and that's what's going to be great news for Jalen Hurts. It's going to benefit Jalen Hurts the most. So, I have faith in the offensive coordinator approach. But here's what I would change about it: what the Eagles don't do. They hire Shane Steichen, who was an experienced play caller, mm -hmm. and then they say, "Let's put everybody around him that's inexperienced now because this guy knows what he's doing." Let's let's give him all the inexperience and hopefully they just soak it up and learn from him. And let's let's get the experienced guy and let's let him do his thing. Yeah, they did. They did that. They did that beautifully. But guess what happened? So he told you got a head coaching job because he did so beautifully. Yeah. And then, oh, OK, let's hope these guys soaked up something in two seasons. That's not how it works. And never right. it didn't work with Frank Wright. It didn't work with St. Station and it won't work again when you hired the new offense coordinator. So instead of focusing on one guy, I'm going to make another phone call to Jim Caldwell. I'm going to say you were an advisor for the Panthers last year. You have an extensive background with coaching offensive quarterbacks and having successful offenses around those quarterbacks and making their job more comfortable. Come here and join our collaborative effort because we're not going to focus, we're not going to lean on this offensive coordinator like we have done in the past because that fails miserably for us the following years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to reach out to reach out to Frank Wright. I am. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you about him. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna I am gonna reach out to him and ask him the same of him. I'm gonna say, will you please come in as an offensive consultant? And the reason why is because I want you. To, and it was like actually a reason why you brought it up. Frank Reich set near set Nigeriani in like he he made him comfortable, mm -hmm. made him relaxed. He made him focus on his job. He didn't make him. Nick Sirianni was not this type of coach where he's barking at fans and doing all the antics that you're speaking of until he became the head coach of the Eagles and started winning and enjoying success. Yeah. So I'm going to bring Frank Reinke and I'm going to say, hey, Nick, I've enjoyed success right off the gate with, with the Colts. I had fun with it. You had fun with it with me. I've been fired twice since. I'm on the outs with the NFL right now. You could easily be me.
let's work together and make Jalen Hurts' job easier, like I did with Carson, like I've done with other quarterbacks in the past, like you and I done with Phillip and and other quarterbacks, Jacoby. Let's let's do that with Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's work with this offensive coordinator then with his scheme. Let's let's all do this together. Yeah. Instead of just one guy. So that's what I hope they change this time around. I hope they don't just focus on one guy for this offensive coordinator and then say, This is our gonna be our Jesus Christ, and hopefully he doesn't leave. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. If he does a great job, if you get the right offensive coordinator, because you're deciding to keep Nick Sirianni now, you're not firing him for a guy like Bobby Slowick or other offensive guys in this league. Yeah, Ben Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, Bill Belichick. Ben, How about Belichick? Oof. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what about Mike Vabrell? Mike Vabrell's not getting a job either. Yeah, we right, all right. him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to slow Mike, you. No, no, no. It's because the, the other coach I was going to go with this, and you're going to laugh, but I'm 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 being serious about this when I say this. Uh, if Mike Vrabel doesn't get a, a coaching job, I know there's some interest in him from an offensive coordinator standpoint, but I don't. I have not heard anything confirmed other than Mike Vrabel wanted him as his OC. I would hire Arthur Smith as the tight end coach. I would fire the tight end coach and hire Arthur Smith to coach tight ends. Yeah, he he used to coach tight ends. Yeah, I would, how did I Kyle would, Pitts do down there though with him? I mean, did he get the most out of Kyle Pitts? I don't. Know. I don't think he had the most quarterback to put out get the most yeah. out of Kyle Pitts. And so I look, I. I get that. I I think people are going to look at that differently too, but my point here is he he does do well with the tight ends. He's done well with the tight ends in in Tennessee. Uh, don't look look past Atlanta failures. Look more into the context of the Atlanta failures, I should say, actually, and and look at what else he's done with this league. But also look at my my pattern I'm making here. We want Nick to succeed, so let's put him around some guys that have failed but can succeed in other areas to help Nick out. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would go with that. I would hire Arthur Smith as a tight end coach. Yeah. And you know, um, go on for I would keep Singleton. I would keep Jamel Singleton the running back coach. And I know you're keeping Stoutland. You have to. And I know Kevin Patool staying and I think that's a good that's a good thing. I, I don't I don't think getting rid of Kevin Patool. I think that's a little knee jerk reaction to the whole offense failing last year. I think just moving on from Brian was fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like your idea of Arthur Smith. Is he going to want to go from a head coach to a tight ends coach? I, I don't know. I mean, he might have to, right, to stay sure. in the league. Um, and, again, whoever the OC is going to be is going to bring some guys in. I doubt he's going to bring in anybody to do, like you said, Jeff Stoutland, even though I think this line did not play well. And, you know, listen, Stoutland's the run game coordinator, and the running game was non-existent. I'm not saying the Eagles should fire Jeff Stoutland, but I'm saying, you know, he needs to be on some kind of probationary period here to me. Um, you know, Ooh. 61 years old. I know people love Jeff Stoutland, and he's a great O-line coach, but this O-line did not play very well together. And is that a product of Cam Jurgens? you know, not really returning? I mean, Cam Jurgens was playing well before he got hurt. He came back, and he, he was average. He did not play well right. in, in the least at Tampa Bay. In the, right. in the season-ending playoff game. So is that the product? You know, just that he was out and they kind of had the piecemeal. Oh, Ed, it, can you uh, imagine if we would have said to people during the beginning of the year the Eagles' offensive line success depends on the Cam Jurgens? Everybody would have laughed. Yeah. Like, That's not true. That's a lie. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you're right. So it, I, I don't want to put him on a – probationary i think that's just an anomaly of the whole offense falling apart to be honest hopefully hopefully yeah but you know who's the oc coordinator going to bring in he might bring in a new running back coach new tight end coach new receivers coach probably 
I think Aaron Moorhead's days are probably yeah, but Jeffrey Lurie's still here, and he decides every above all. He's gonna tell the offensive coordinator coach, "Hey, everybody, you could decide on, but the guy that we got at O line, <laughs> you're not you're not messing with. Yeah, he's he survived more than our head coaches have. He's not going anywhere." Right, right, right. He has survived a lot of coaching changes, head coaching changes. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, the coordinator who they're going to bring in. I mean, Frank Reich. He, you know, the Eagles kind of ran into trouble. I think they brought Matt Patricia in as a senior defensive assistant, just in case Sean Desai failed. I mean, I think Desai might have been looking over his shoulder a little bit with somebody that has you know the six or whatever, however many Super Bowl rings Matt Patricia has. And, and, you know, and sure enough, he got canned and they brought in Patricia. So you hope that that wouldn't be the same thing where, hey, you bring in Frank Reich for whoever this coordinator is going to be. If it's a young guy, if it's Jared Johnson, is he going to be kind of like, hey, you know, if I don't do well, there's Frank Reich, you know, who won a Super Bowl with the Eagles in 2017 because he helped Nick Foles uh, get to that sure. point. You, you know, you, you you hope that it wouldn't be kind of, you know, walking on eggshells type of thing. I think Sean Desai was a little nervous about the whole thing um, with Patricia being there players kind of lost some confidence in him. made a lot of mistakes, you know, especially during training camp, you know, Howie Roseman had to tell him at one point, you know, the right personnel to get onto the field. He admitted to a couple other mistakes to sigh. And I, I think as the season wore on, there were probably more mistakes that maybe we didn't always know. And I think the players lost some faith and trust in him. And again, Matt Patricia being there, Pretty big shadow. You hope that the same thing wouldn't hold true if Frank Reich is in the building as a as a senior offensive guy. Yeah, I mean you can't coach scared. That's no that's right. You lost You're right. If that's if that's who they're if they get an offensive coordinator that that they feel will coach. I mean, you're you're bringing that up in the conversation though, with that in that interview, like, hey, this is our plan here. We're bringing this in. Would you be comfortable with that? And then mm -hmm. I would hope that there would be some kind of assurances or, you know, at least the coach would ask, Hey, well, what are you thinking about Frank? Cause I think Frank's done. I mean, I don't think Frank, I don't even think he's offensive coordinator material anymore, to be honest with you. I think this is just, he should get into a consultant role or advisor role and just yeah. live with that, man. I mean, fired yeah. how many places now? Come on. Uh, right. I know. And he's getting older and, you know, maybe he doesn't want to, you know, no, you're making very good point. That is a very good point there. But I, I just think you, get, you would hopefully, have some insurances or you know you get through that feeling out process during the interview where you come away comfortable that that's not going to be the case right because uh, the chance of high hire was was uh, again that was quick eagles were in a very unfavorable position there's a reason why they went after the cardinals the way they did for that traffic to get what they got so i mean that that was just you know hopefully you chalk that up as a new jerk reaction and they get a good staff in place and you know big banjo handles everything from jim schwartz perspective because uh, that's what the Eagles really need right now. They needed a defensive head coach type guy, like how they needed Jim Schwartz at the time they hired him. So, that, so that's what you hope. Um, and then hopefully the, from the offensive standpoint, they can get a collaboration in place because I'm telling you right now, Ed, they cannot just lean on the offensive coordinator because they're going to be in the position they are once again in years down the road. And then you wonder how much time is wasted when that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, they're rolling the dice, bringing Sirianni back, you know, but they would have been rolling the dice anyway had they gone out and hired a new head coach. You don't know what you're getting. Um, rookie head coaches don't go to the Super Bowl that often. So, you know, you want to get to the Super Bowl. What rookie coach? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody that's done it. I'm, I'm like Frank Kubiak, but that he was already experienced. So, yeah, it's not it's not very good. I don't think it's common at all. Yeah. So, you know, you're rolling the dice, bringing in a new guy. You're rolling the dice, keeping Nick. So, 
The Eagles, I'm sure, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is a very rational individual. I'm sure he gave this plenty of thought, talked to a lot of people, and came to the conclusion that, yeah, we're going to stick with him, and we're going to have a new role for him. And I think that role was still being kind of worked through. I mean, it was only nine days after the season ended when they met with us, and they purposely said we waited that long, so we kind of knew what we were going to discuss and better answer your questions. But, you know, Nick really didn't know what his role was. He was going to be the head coach, he said. I'll stop in on defensive meetings. Like, I think it's still being developed. And like I said, who's going to call fourth and two? Are we going for it? We're on 48-yard line. Are we going to go for this or are we going to punt? Whose decision is that? They don't know yet. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure they know yet. They have to work through it all. They have to have meetings with whoever the new guys are. So we'll get that information as the offseason goes on, I'm sure. And, and and, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, I know the initial reaction is, man, Nick shouldn't have come back and you know, my initial my initial reaction was he's coming back to do what? So am I on board with it? I know I was kind of going into it, but I thought they'd bring him back in still a similar capacity. But he's not coming back like that. And they're going to have to figure do, out what he's going to do. You like do. these Harbaugh, Tomlin, Campbell comparisons that people are making? Well, that's OK, because this is what John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin and all these guys do. You like those? Well, I think there's something to be said for continuity and patience. I mean, yeah, Harbaugh won a Super Bowl and then had like three losing seasons. I mean, if you're going to punt on that, they could have punted and brought in a new guy. But again, I think you do need to give a young coach time to grow and, you know, experience ups and downs and work your way through adversity. And it's only been three years. If this was year five and he had missed the playoffs for two straight years after getting there, three straight years, he's probably gone. (laughs) But it's he's not. So I think there is something to be said for the continuity of a head coach and being patient with a head coach. And I think that factored into Lori's decision. I think the main reason why the Eagles really, I'm going to end it here. I think the main reason why Larry was okay with bringing him back and really ultimately decided to make that decision was because of the two and five turnaround and how Nick was able to step back and, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's all that. a lot of that stuff. It's everything, yeah. you know, it's all that stuff rolled into one big thing. Sir, like I said, Lori, not a rash, uh, doesn't make brash or rash decisions. He thinks things through and I'm sure two and five was a big part of it. They did turn things around at two and five and, you know, maybe they turn it around again, but I'll tell you what, if he comes out and they're sitting at two and five next year, yeah, no. see you later. It'll be gone by Halloween. I just think my my disgust with all with everything started when Jonathan Gannon came in and steamrolled this whole entire system that he coached against in practice every single day for two years straight with his yeah. lack of personnel and with the Cardinals. I think that was the most telling thing for me is you know even with his he the Cardinals only have like two players you can know off the top of your head basically the the normal family only know like two players off the top of their head Kyler and Buddha like and yeah. he came in. Absolutely mollywhopped. Yeah. Kelsey, Jason Kelsey said in the locker room, you know, two days later that he thinks the San Francisco game was kind of a turning point, but then he walked it back a little bit, but he pointed out as they came in and they played soft. They rushed four guys because, you know, they didn't give us the pressure that we saw like the last couple weeks of the season, but they just beat them straight up, beat them. You know, there was no turnovers. There were no penalties that were costly. The 49ers came in and kicked their butt straight up. There was nothing the Eagles did. That was the turning point. That was 100% the turning point. That's what Kelsey seemed to allude to, and then he kind of walked it back a little bit. But he, he, 
his initial reaction was it was the 49ers that kind of got us thinking like, wow, you know, they came into our house talking all the crap that they talked all off season and they beat us by a lot straight up. Yeah. I just can't believe the end of the season the way they did and like, you know, let Jonathan Gannon come into Philly and do what yeah. he did. I just, yeah. you know, you that can't lose to the giants. You can't fall down 24 to yeah, nothing quarter and a half. I mean, goodness, that was just a completely wheels off situation for the Eagles. That's why I understand why people are, you know, kind of upset with the decision. It. That's why I kind of, I don't understand why people, people are allowed to have their opinion either way, regardless. Right. Like if you agree with it or don't agree with it, that's your decision, but you don't have to, you know, hound them for it and make them believe your, your beliefs. Cause I think people are entitled to believe either they want to keep him because of the track record. I completely understand. Or they want to keep him. For other reasons, I can for continuity reasons, like you're saying, I completely understand. But if they wanted to get rid of them, I completely understand. Yeah. They, it, that's how bad they were. So yeah. come on, guys. Like, hey, have your own opinion on the situation, and you know, debate it as you will. But at the end of the day, I think we're all right in the situation that either decision would have been correct. Yeah. Regardless we'll of the route they would have took, yeah. I think that either way, you could have made a case for either or. So, yeah, like yeah. you said, he needs to prove himself to the city again and prove himself to this organization again. That's they're giving him the opportunity to do so. So we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. All right. And that's going to do it for us, guys. We'll be back again with regular content posted normally back on our regular schedule. Thank you once again for sticking with us and being so faithful. We appreciate you guys. Have a warm rest of your week. We'll see you all soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.